it's a random one, but Cody Mark to be uh, drafted in the first round is plus 400. I mean, his Australian accent, <laughs> he was like, Cody I Mark. I was like, I didn't study Cody Mark. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, baby. What's up? It's a joint, co- joint podcast collaboration. It's Bet the Edge and Chris Sims Unbutton. Ahmed Farid is here. Jay Croucher is here from the Bet the Edge podcast. And his good buddy, okay, Drew Disnick is here as well. Dinsick? Dinsick. Dinsick, yeah. yeah. excuse Din-sick. me. I'm sorry. I've been Cody saying your Mark. name, Drew, yeah. wrong a long time here. <laughs> I, I've, I've not been good with it. Uh, either way, you have the best hair of the group. That's uh-huh. for sure. 100%. No doubt about it. And you're a lot easier to understand speaking English because, Jay, like that, that was a stressful few minutes there. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia, a bit more difficult comment. Complex than uh, yeah, Long Beach, California. Yeah, right. Yeah, surfer dude out there in California. <laughs> He's easy to understand for sure. Uh, but we're going to have fun here today. Uh, like I said, joint collab podcast. Yep. Going to hit on some future bets. Ahmed Farid is here to drive the ship because I, I can I'm only drive here. for a little while. <laughs> yeah, we've already, And then yeah. I get crazy and it's, I go into other lanes and I dra- drive recklessly. So it's go been ahead. too much already. Take right? it over. Yeah. What I did notice there, too, in the, in the preview is that I'm wearing the exact same hoodie that I wore last time that Jay was here. And Jay is also wearing a black t shirt. Well, once we're again, all dressed in black. Jay, Jay is, uh, we're, we're, we're simpatico a little bit with our <laughs> dressing. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a one color guy. He keeps it simple, just smooth, coordinated. So, I, I like Jay's style. It's, he's down with me. So Thanks, before guys. we start, yeah. and we're going to talk about NFL futures here, basically, and the betting strategy with NFL futures, what advantages may be out there right now. Uh, before we get into that, though, Drew is maybe the most interesting man. He has the most interesting hair on the podcast. Yeah. Might be the most interesting man on the podcast because I'm hearing a rumor also that you not only are a betting expert yeah. and analyst for us at NBC Sports Edge, but you're also a seismologist. What is that? Yeah, yeah so uh, predicting earthquakes, not necessarily when they're going to happen, but when they do happen, how bad will they be? Because that informs uh, structural engineering and informs critical infrastructure, planning, risk, all, all, all sorts of uh, uh, applications for that. And uh, it turns out a lot of the uh, same analytical models you would use to come up with the game prediction for a sport is almost exactly parallel to, uh, you know, being able to come up with a you know, expected outcomes when wow. an earthquake Whoa. happens. Wow, and I so did not know uh, that. You know, now that you say yeah. that, I was like, I have heard that word before, but when you first said seismologist, I was thinking a lot of weird things, okay? I was like, what <laughs> is that exactly? Where did he get his his PhD in that? All right, and the other thing I want to ask Drew, as is his seismology over here, is, yeah. is he also, like, botanical over there? I mean, are you living in a garden? Are <laughs> yeah. you, where Where do you live True. here? Are you growing yeah, weed out of the back course. window? What's going on? <laughs> well, here in California, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard time. It's uh, it's a, it's a very friendly place, but yeah, no, I was uh, a UCLA guy, um, and uh, yeah, carried uh, you know love for uh, love for the uh, you know the, just horticulture generally. Yeah, trying right. to craft my green thumb, going along with uh, trying to craft some winning bets. All oh, right, man. Wow. So wait, is this like a job? Seismologist? <laughs> do you get like do you get paid for for your information? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man. I have a whole wow. consulting firm out here. <laughs> we do we do this stuff day in day out. Uh, you know, as soon as uh, as soon as we log off here and this show's done recording, I'm going to uh, jump onto a team's call, and you know we have a uh, couple a couple of towers we're working on in L.A., a couple of wow. dams here in California. Uh, tunnels in vancouver Dang. we're working on it's uh it's it's pretty interesting stuff i did not realize he was that smart so we got seismology 
botany, yeah, horticulture, yeah. right. tunnels in Vancouver. Damn, it's great I, stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's he's really like yeah, all you do is bet. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, you what do you, what do you have to offer to the world? I just bet and wear the same kind of t-shirts. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. Simple. Keep it simple. Well, that was enlightening. So we're going to enlighten people on not only all those topics that we've just mentioned, but also uh, betting strategy with the NFL futures. So first of all, let's just go big picture here, Jay. And w- the betting the futures are basically over under. You know, how many wins you're going to get, or are you going to win the division, or, you know, are you going to get to the Super Bowl? Are those all the different kinds of future bets that are out there right now? Yeah, so those are the main ones, certainly. Uh, But there are so many awards markets now, which I think are the most interesting markets to bet, and uh, I know we'll get to them at the end. But being able to bet on Geno Smith to win Comeback Player of the Year or Sorth Gardner to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, these are the markets, I think, where we have the biggest edges, just because there's so much going on in these markets. Think of a market like coach of the year being able to project that in advance is really difficult and i think those are the most ones they're the most fun ones to to price and profile out being like okay well can andy Reid really win coach of the year right probably almost certainly not yeah right right. the expectations they'd have to go undefeated yeah exactly right then figuring out okay well who does have scope to make gigantic leaps and more importantly Who's going to get the credit? Right. Uh, so I think those are the most fun markets, but there's plenty of future stuff to bet. Yeah. On. So, so Drew, how do you eliminate the ones that you just don't want to bet towards, and how do you pick the ones that you do? Well, almost certainly, and I I, I like Jay's answer to that because Thanks, Drew. the future markets for divisions, the future markets for NFL champion, they're not nearly as volatile. Right. I mean, we have a pretty good idea of who is realistically in contention for winning the Super Bowl this year. And those prices aren't going to move nearly as violently as, uh, you know, stuff like coach of the year, stuff like uh, defensive player of the year, just because just based on like, you know, how how the season unfolds. Uh, And so if you're going to, you know, if you're trying to capture big prices, if you're trying to basically make, you know, real, real deal money in the uh, in these markets, the ones with the higher volatility are are better Um, in terms of eliminating markets. uh, You know, there are there are some some specific awards markets that I think are there is a true handicap to them. And then there are some that are like just gambling, right? Like offensive, uh, you know, rookie of the year is a good one, which I, it feels like gambling just because there are, uh, you know, it, it is a, it is an award that is directly correlated to volume uh, and volume and opportunity is sometimes something that comes from, you know, created by injury or created by usage that, uh, is extremely, uh, difficult to project preseason. Um, whereas, you know, the, the market that Jay already brought up coach of the year, that one is that, that one almost has like a specific formula of, you know, you need this type of team. They need to have this type of, um, uh, you know, overachievement in terms of team expectation. And then, as Jay mentioned, the credit needs to go to the coach, not some quarterback making a leap, not, uh, you know, not, uh, you know, some acquisition that the players, you know, that the, the GM made that, you know, really brought the team together. It needs to literally be something that can be traced back to, well, they brought in a, either a new coach or a coach who has been, you know, kind of on the rise. And then all of a sudden his team made a leap and that guy now gets the credit for it. So, you know, kind of specifically going through and a Eliminating markets where you think, okay, well, uh, you know, either MVP is a good one that I eliminate pretty quickly just because you look at the top of the board, it's all the guys that you think realistically have the best shot. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you're not going to score, you know, a huge price now that's going to massively shorten between now and the end of the season outside of maybe one or two, uh, you know, long shots. And so, uh, you know, I tend to try to kind of stick to um, uh, the markets where you think the, mm. the pricing is just uh, a little bit softer and sure, certainly coach of the year is at the top of that. 
that list. I think as well, one yeah. other thing that, that I always look at is not so much just the headline stats, but the underlying stuff. For instance, for something like Defensive Player of the Year, right. like last year, Hassan Reddick had 16 sacks, yeah. Jalen Phillips had right. seven, right. but Jalen Phillips actually had more pressures yes. than Hassan Reddick, and that's yeah. more predictive of sacks going forward. Right. So I don't think anyone is thinking about Jalen Phillips as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I'm not sure... Like every football fan could just like spot him on the street and right. identify him, but right. he was a top six guy in the league in pressures. He's a first round pick. He's in an elite defense, and I think he should be He's much higher. Guy. Yeah. yeah, he'd be the, the fine under the radar where you go pay attention to him. And Ahmed hears me talk about him all the time. Yeah, you know they have Nick Chubb down there who they paid all the money. And I just said a few weeks ago to Ahmed, I said Jalen Phillips is the guy. He's the guy you're more scared of. Right. But yeah, it's the numbers. He's not a household name yet. But yeah, that's where, you know, so then what I want to ask both you guys, or do you want to finish your thought there? Did you have something else you wanted to say there, Jay? No, I was just going to say as well, like when Bradley Chubb did get there, Phillips, his numbers skyrocketed because he basically, he had less pressure on him. And as well, like awards like DPOY, it's those are the ones where it's most easiest to predict, like what what the win condition is, uh, where if you just lead the league in sacks by margin, you're probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year yeah. unless you're Mike, uh, Matthew Judon and Micah Parsons is one sack behind you and then yeah. it'll go to Parsons because yeah, you've sure. got the rep. Right. But Jalen Phillips is a decent chance to lead the league in sacks and then he probably just wins Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, got you, got you. I, there's some definite, you know, obvious thinking there and, and I like that thought there because those are the guys I do look for. All right, so wait, what I want to ask both of you, like uh, Drew and, and Jay, is just like what? when do you feel comfortable laying down a bet like this? Do you want to see the preseason unfold a little bit? Do you want to get in on it before the preseason? I mean, when is the sweet spot for, for any of this? Even the coach of the year stuff you talked about because you'd like to know, oh, I'd like to put the bet down and know that the team is healthy going into the season if I want to put something substantial down. Yeah, so I would say that it depends on the market. For instance, like Jalen Phillips, he was 200 to 1 to win Defensive Player of the Year, so don't have to put down a ton of money on 200 to 1 to get a decent return. So that I'm happy to bet now, whereas my favorite bet in the NFL right now is just Patrick Mahomes to win MVP at plus 650. Patrick Mahomes should just be plus 250 to win MVP every single year, I think. This is just, it's peak Peyton Manning all over again, where Peyton Manning won, I think, like four times in eight yeah. or nine years. Right. And Mahomes is just the same deal. He's the best quarterback, I think, by margin. Uh, but with that, the price isn't really going to move that much between now and training camp and, uh, and the first week of the season. So you can probably wait to see in preseason if Mahomes gets injured. Right. So that's the one I would wait on. But the 200 to one shot, I'd pounce on now. Yeah, you pounce on that now. I'm, gotcha. guessing, I'm guessing, Drew, that's... That's probably the case more times than not that you're going to find something that you want to put some money on now, right? Uh, when, when are there, like Jay mentioned, the advantage to maybe waiting Patrick Mahomes, you don't think it's going to change that much, but I would guess sure. that oftentimes you see a, an edge or an advantage, you're going to want to pounce when the opportunity is there. Yeah, and I, you know, the name of the game really is market entry in terms of like, am I getting the best price I'm going to get between now and when things materially change? And nothing, you know, outside of a just a totally unpredictable injury in training camp or preseason is really going to change any of these markets uh, appreciably. Um, and so, you know, I think it, I, I agree with Jay's strategy, which is if you have a super long shot, you're not talking about a huge capital allocation. Bet it now. Go for it. Like, you know, get 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 the price now because, uh, you know, just even talking about it, like people will listen to this show and they will kind of find these prices and they're, they'll beat them up. <laughs> and so you may not be able to find these in August. This may be a June only type of opportunity. Um, but the other thing that kind of, you know, it's 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 a little bit unique for every type of player. Like if you're there are certain betters we know that only play the NFL, period. Like once the NFL is over, they're like, okay, 
time for break. Hi, hiatus. Uh, not going to kind of donk my bankroll on college basketball, March Madness, none of this stuff. Like I'm just literally going to put my, uh, you know, lock up my, my, uh, my bankroll in Bitcoin or something for the summer. And we'll come back and, and start hammering away once NFL markets open up. Um, and then there are other players who are like, no, I need to, I need to keep my bankroll as liquid as possible so I can play NBA, NBA playoffs. Then we roll into tennis season. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at, where I don't necessarily want to lock up, um, you know, if I, you know, there are, there are bets on the board right now, win totals, great example, where I can tell you that numbers are off by at least one, one and a half wins from what they will probably close when we get to August. And yet I will not play those because I'm not interested in locking up, uh, you know, 10% of my bankroll on win totals now, because I'd rather put that money to work betting grass tennis. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, so it's a little bit of a kind of everybody's personal decision-making and, you know, kind of strategy and risk, uh, for how they want to exercise their bankroll. But, uh, you know, when it comes to kind of season long future stuff, you have to recognize these aren't any bet you make now win or lose is not going to be resolved until February. Right. Right. And so if you're not, you know, assuming you're, you're, you know, you're betting at a legal book where you're putting your money at, you know, to work, uh, you know, you're, you're locking that up for a pretty long amount of time. And so it's, it's, it's a little bit, um, you know, kind of choose your spots and, and, uh, uh, kind of exercise your bankroll pretty carefully at this time of season for me. But, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really only swinging for the super long shots that I think have, uh, you know, tremendous upside. Hmm. Yeah. Grass tennis folds nicely and with Drew's interest in horticulture. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, let me just <laughs> bet on Djokovic. Uh, the, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, a, that's where I go. Oh, buddy. <laughs> it, was a big, it was a big week for the Serbian Jokers. Oh, uh, seriously. Lot, yeah. It really was. Yeah. All right. So do you, do you, I, I'm an amateur, right? I, I'm really, I've never really got into gambling in any way, right? I have friends that ask me about games all the time, and I'm going to be like, why are you asking me? I don't do this. I know I know football a little bit. But I'm not the best with it. Oh, so, like for for guys like you, or for is this where you try to make your money in futures? Is it, is is that where you look at it to go? There's the most to be had there in that department. Yeah, I think so because I mean, game to game, like it's it's very difficult to beat the right. NFL game to game betting right. on lines and totals. There are definitely edges particularly early in the week. The more the week progresses, the more that the markets get more reliable. They but catch up. Early in the week, uh, you can beat NFL lines and totals, but I think the futures markets are a bit more exploitable. I also, uh, I think it's... For me, it's more fun as well because you can kind of craft a book around Defensive Player of the Year where you bet on different players at different times of the season when they have value and you can kind of go along that. So, sure. But yeah, I think they're the most vulnerable market. So something I think is, is super interesting is uh, you guys have talked about this is if you have something you really like, you, you really like it, you bet it immediately. But there's a chance that some of these teams, you might like one of these teams, Jay, that has a very difficult September schedule. And so mm-hmm. you know that you got pretty good odds right now. Maybe you even bet those odds. And you know that they could come out of September, you know, two and two or one and three even. But you still believe in what, in who they are. Are those situations? I almost liken it to the stock market. You, if there's a stock you like and it goes down, you buy more of it, right? Do you do you find yourself doing that throughout the season sometimes? Yeah, definitely. And that uh, the opening schedule folds a lot into that. So, for instance, I think there are teams to buy right now because they have an easy opening schedule. For instance, the Packers. I'm going to read out the Packers the way they start the season. 
at Chicago, at Atlanta, New Orleans, Detroit, at Vegas, at Denver, Minnesota, Rams, at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like that's the, yeah. There's no, They're better than a lot no, of those teams. There's no Super Bowl contender. <laughs> right. And that's, yeah. What's that? Is that eight games? Like, that's insane. Yeah. So now is the time to bet on the Packers if you like them. Whereas if another team has to play the Chiefs, Ravens, uh, and Cowboys in the first three weeks, that's then right. you would wait yeah. for that. So, yeah. yeah, I think paying attention to the schedule in that sense is important. Yeah. Sorry. So, like, when when we when we get into this, like, we want to get into this right now because I kind of want to ask you about. I got one more question on that too. Okay. Go ahead. Say, say, like, I've always wondered this too. Like, how do you bet short? So, say you like the you don't like the Packers to maybe win the division, but you think they're going to start out six and one, like you mentioned, and so their odds are going to go down significantly there. Like, can you get out of that bet at a certain point? How do you get out of that bet then? Yeah. Well, like at that point, if you didn't like the Packers at that point, you. thought they were a fraudulent 6-1 and one because of the schedule, then you would look to back other teams in the division. But I think the main thing with all of this is that like, it's all relative to price. So, for instance, you might not like the Chicago Bears yeah. and you just don't think the Chicago Bears right. are going to be any good and you don't want to bet them at plus yeah. 375. I, I think they're going to be good. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> but it's you the don't want to bet them at plus 375, the, but if yeah. they were 20 to 1, then everyone would bet them to win the division. Right. So, you might... Yeah. It's just, I think, important not to have kind of just preconceived notions for or against the team because it's just, it's all about the price. Yeah, right. All right, yeah. so let's get no, into I, it. I, I want to pick add, their brains. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say, Drew? Go just ahead. Just to add real quickly, yeah. like uh, to your specific example, depending on how aggressive you, a swing you take on Packers preseason, if they're six and one, the market is going to power rate that team much, much higher in that moment than they do right now. Like right now, the market's like, ah, they're an average team. You know, they play another team on a neutral field, they'd be a pick 'em, right? But you get to the point where they're six and one, people are buying into the hype. If you have some reason to think that, you know, it was entirely based on the, the strength of opponents and that that's going to come back to earth, uh, you know, you're going to be able to back other teams against them where they're laying three and a half, four, five points, and you think it should be under three, right? So there's, there's a lot of ways to kind of put your opinion to work if you are correct, particularly early in the season. Uh, and then just kind of to, to close the point you asked on schedule. I definitely strongly weigh what happens in the first quarter of the season in terms of strength of opponent and right. projecting, right. and then ignore the second half of the yes, season because right. a lot of times I've gotten caught in the trap of like, oh my gosh, look how hard the second half of exactly. this team's schedule is. Well, by the time they get there, half the quarterbacks they were supposed to play are you know, yeah, oh, injured, they play, their starting they tackles the, are hurt. Yeah, right. They gotta right. play the Ravens twice in the month of November, December. Yeah. Well, Lamar Jackson's not playing now. So okay, well that, that now all of a sudden that doesn't look as bad, right? You know, so I definitely kind of want to focus on where things are a little bit more uh, well constrained than towards the end of the season where things get a little wild. Uh, agreed with that. Uh, we talk about that all the time on our unbuttoned podcast, Ahmed and I. Just the, the early season is is where that's the only thing we know right now. Yep. You can't. You have no freaking clue who's healthy, what's going on with the team. Late November, yeah. right? You know, you get off to a bad start. You get a few injuries. Some teams are just going. You know, every dogfight they're in. Well, we're not in it. And then you know, then all of a sudden, it just goggles shit rolls downhill. And you know, that, that's where it, I do think the the start of the season, the schedule, is really the only thing to look at there. Yeah, the only thing I look at in the back end of the schedule is who is Patrick Mahomes playing in Week 18? Well, because that's the time you want to play Patrick Mahomes because he's almost certainly got the division wrapped up. And so this year he plays the Chargers. So that's good news for the Chargers. They get to avoid okay. the second Mahomes game until Week 18. <laughs> We're saying it's tough to predict the future, but right now what we want to do is have you guys predict the future. Yeah. So we'll look at specific bets here. Jay, we'll start with you. Team bets, what team kind of stands out to you and there's currently value there right now? 
So the team that I think is the most underrated by the market is the Miami Dolphins, where I don't understand necessarily why, why everyone thinks that the Jets are going to be significantly better than the Dolphins. The Bills, I think, should be rated ahead of the Dolphins, but not by this kind of margin. Agreed. I think this Dolphins team is just completely loaded. The it way that they might be the best roster in football. Yeah. The only thing you worry about a little bit is the offensive O-line, line. And, and they improved it a little with some depth and yeah, guys. It's not a terrible O-line. Exactly, it's, right. it, and if Teron Armstead is healthy, then it might even be a good offensive line yeah, of the season. It's middle of the league, yeah. right? They probably have the best one-two receiver punch in the league with mm-hmm. Hill and Waddle. You add Jalen Ramsey, and I think you're going to get a better year out of Xavier Howard. Exactly, was right. A lot of last season. Right. Um, obviously, they make a change at coordinator as yeah. well, and I just think the D-line, full season at Chubb, opposite Phillips. I think Mike McDaniel is a really Christian good, Wilkins. creative coach. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this team is just absolutely loaded, and they have juggernaut potential. Tua was magnificent for the first half or so of the season. Right. I still do worry about the game that he played in primetime against the Chargers, yeah. where he was so subpar, yeah. and how much is he a product of McDaniel? Right. Uh, and if he just comes up against That's a scheme the big question. that can exploit him. But right. I think this team has a ton of upside, so I think at plus 300, they're a good bet to win that division. Especially, the, I don't know what happened with Stefan Diggs yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but the There's Bills, some turmoil. Yeah, so I... And also with the Jets, like the Jets should be really good. Rogers, obviously a huge upgrade, but I always worry about a team that is built on defense because defense just fluctuates year to year so much more than offense because you're so reliant on turnovers. Uh, whereas, you know, you can always just bet on Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Those teams are just going to be good yeah. every year yeah. if those guys are healthy. Uh, so I'd be a little bit worried about the Jets. Uh, so I think the Dolphins, uh, I think they should be the second favorite in the AFC. I would agree with that all, all the way there. I, I do. I like where you're heads out. I don't understand. The Dolphins for me on paper, and I go, I know it's on paper, we've hit on this a little. It is, you go through it, it's it's the most talented team in football. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They got difference makers on the D-line. You know, the receivers, like you said, it goes beyond those two too. They got other receivers that are damn good. You know, they got one of the best secondaries in football, and you're right with Mike McDaniel and what he does there. Uh, they are being overlooked to a degree, which is kind of yeah. shocking. Um, Drew, Drew, what are you talking? What are you thinking here? What's your team to look out for here? So it's an interesting kind of current state of the NFL. And you guys probably have talked about this. You definitely know it if you haven't said it out loud. And that's that there's an enormous imbalance right now between conferences. Yes, huge. AFC is absolutely loaded. And the NFC is pretty much wide open. Um, You know, you pretty clearly have a top two in the NFC in Philadelphia and and, Philadelphia. uh, and San Francisco, San Francisco. Right. but you know, San Francisco questions a quarterback, Philadelphia, much <laughs> tougher schedule this year than they much. had last year. Yes. And so, you know, suspecting some regression from those two teams is, is realistic. So I think if you're looking for long shots, you're probably shopping in the, uh, in the NFC to win the NFC uh, marketplace, because some team's going to surprise you. Not unlike uh, the Seahawks last year, where, uh, you know, halfway through the season, it's like, whoa, this team might get a two seed, uh, you know, like something like that is, or, or even Philadelphia last Last year, like I don't think realistically anyone thought one seed was in the cards for them outside of I think Jay and I had what a ten to one or twenty to one or something. Chris Sims did most most wins most wins in the Chris NFC. Chris Sims had him the nice number one seed going. Yeah, to the yeah we tailed Chris. <laughs> we tailed Chris on uh, Philly to most wins at uh, twenty to one or whatever it was. Um, but uh, no, so I think you know shopping and you know the two weakest divisions in my opinion at least are the NFC North and NFC South. Uh, and so I you know I have I have a couple of uh, uh, shots on team we mentioned already in the Packers. I have a shot in uh, on the Falcons. I think who can realistically win the NFC South and. 
just in general, like their coaching. Um, a huge question mark at quarterback, obviously. But if that guy takes any kind of meaningful step forward in year two under a you know, second year in the system, then uh, you know that that could very well be a double digit win team. Uh, the heaviest stake I have, and this is kind of going exactly contrary to my point so far, it's a little bit of a gamble to try to predict who's going to win the AFC. Uh, there's so many good teams. There's so many good quarterbacks. But I do think that there is an imbalance in that the AFC South is by far and away the weakest and that you're going to have a lot of young quarterbacks taking a lot of snaps uh, for three out of those four teams this season. Uh, and then the one that stands above the rest is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who now you have Trevor Lawrence after a huge, amazing second half of his season last year. First opportunity getting some playoff experience. Uh, second year with Doug Peterson and, uh, you know, an e- even more robust set of weapons to work with. Expecting an, a, you know, a continued progression for Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a baseline ex- expectation. Right. Um, and then if they exceed in any way on defense, if the offensive line comes together with some of those young pieces, that, now you could be talking about a team that gets the one seed in the AFC by surprise just because they have the weakest schedule of everyone in the AFC. Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, uh, get the benefit of their head-to-head with the Bills is now in London instead of in Buffalo. I think that matters schedule-wise. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I'm pretty heavily staked on Jags to win the Super Bowl, Jags to win the AFC at some pretty long shot prices. Uh, just because I think the chances that they get the one seed, uh, avoid a playoff round one, you know, opponent, uh, and then get a home game against one of the weaker AFC competitors in round two sets them up for potentially hosting uh, the AFC championship game. So those are all kind of fun ways to attach attack the futures market. Um, but uh, the most recent bet I made. I'm buying into this Ravens good vibes, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Healthy team, con- incredible set of weapons. Lamar Jackson's always been one of my favorite players to watch on top of just having some unbelievable ratings on him as a player. So uh, Ravens to win the AFC North uh, stands out to me right now as a good bet at plus 272. Uh, yeah. I, I like that. The the, uh, the gamblers, Drew and Jay, are kind of thinking like we're thinking on some of these teams. Definitely. Dolphins yeah. and Jaguars, right. a heavy favorite in their right. division. And then... Um, the, oh. Yeah. Ravens too. You said the Ravens. I've, I like a Super Bowl quality team. Definitely. Ravens. Uh, people don't know how good they were last year. I, I like where your 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 heads at in that discussion there. And I, I think you're both kind of spot on. Like the Ravens being overlooked a little bit. You know the division. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, all that. But you know, as we've said like a hundred times over the last month, they were on the one yard line, about to go up seven in the playoff game against the Bengals, and the ball got punched out, and they returned it, and it was a fourteen point swing. The Ravens are super. Super Bowl caliber, and he's right now. Things are settled, and Lamar is going to be good, and weapons, and all that. I think that added jolt, new offensive outlook, all of that adds like a win or two to their victory. Just the new energy in the building, and what they're going to be about. I see you there, but damn, I mean, you guys are just going to f-ing go after the two toughest divisions <laughs> in football, huh? And go there. That's where I, I'm like, what? Wait, wait, wait. What? Huh? Huh? What's going on here? I'm going to go the easier route, okay? I'm going to go the easier route, and I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm going, damn the odds aren't even that good anymore. I thought they were going to be good. I, you know, I'm not Johnny the shark over here like you two. Okay. But like, I wanted to just go, I'm going to the NFC land of the wide, the open though. Right. And like, you know, Drew, you said it, it's Eagles, it's Niners. Niners got the quarterback question. I think we'd go, okay, the Cowboys would probably be the team we'd pick to be third in the, the conference. Yeah. Lions. Right? The Lions are in there, oh, but like, I, I still have a hard time putting money Me on them too. right now. Me I, I got to like see it a little. Yeah. But the one team I do look at is the Falcons. And yeah. maybe I should go – Falcons to go to the playoffs is what I originally told Pete 
right? And it's only plus 120, which is kind of underwhelming, right? So I guess I'm not the only one in on that one there. But I would go also as far as going, it, it, what are the Falcons' odds of winning the AF, NFC South? Plus 240 to win the – that would be another one that, you know, I, I would take a shot on that. The NFC South, I think you guys would agree, is wide open. Definitely. Right? You know, the Bucks, they're in a state of flux. The Carolina Panthers, number one pick. They're bringing along a young quarterback. You know, Atlanta, I know they got a quarterback question too, but they're not a quarterback-reliant football team the way they played the last few years. And I kind of look at them and the Saints as being a team that can jump up in that division and get in the playoffs. I think the Falcons also. They're a team at least, even though the quarterback situation is uninspiring, at least they have two throws at the dartboard with the quarterback situation. So if it's not working out for Ritter, then Heineke Heineke can come in and he can be probably good Mm. enough in that division. To run the offense and manage it. At least you've got two cracks at it there. Okay, all right. Thank you for that. It made me feel good. (laughs) But that's where my mind went. Uh, I'm not messing with that crazy AFC like you guys are. (laughs) I like the the way you think about that, though, too, Jay is that if something goes wrong, you kind of plan for the worst-case scenario, and if something goes wrong, maybe the Falcons can still squeak in. Great running game. They don't, they're not that reliant That's, on the quarterback yeah, right, either. Right. Um, Defense had a lot of additions this offseason. I think they yeah. were one of the teams that won the offseason. And sure. just with the state of the division, it's third year for the new regime. It's like, hey, you got to start going to the freaking playoffs here. You're going to get start talking about hot seat crap and all that, which I don't think is deserved by any stretch of the imagination. But that's where I'm just kind of using the little football sixth sense with that one there. Yeah. The, the Falcons well. pretty clearly look like uh, they're trying to build exactly in the mold of what Philadelphia did. You know, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, when they kind of surprised everyone and went to the wild card round right. and ultimately lost to the Bucks a couple years ago. Right. Like that was, you know, no one expected Jalen Hurts to take a team to the playoffs that year. And, uh, you know, they but they invested pretty heavily on the defensive side of the ball. They invested a ton in the trenches. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it does feel like the Falcons are telling you pretty obviously that we're going to try to build that way. Right. Um, and I don't know, do you, do you, as a quarterback guy, Chris, do you think Desmond Ritter has the opportunity to be like a, at least a league average quarterback? Because I think that's kind of the mark where if he's league average this year, that's a pretty obviously a playoff team to me. I, it's like, I'd like to see a little more. You know, I did like when we did my quarterback rankings, the, the what he did do the last four weeks of the year. You know, I know they have great confidence in the human being and that he has all the intangibles to be the leader, right? I still wish the throwing is a little bit better. But yeah, I look at that. You know, you say Eagles. I almost, I think more. They're trying to replicate Tennessee Titans, almost, right? Yeah. That's a, but the same kind of thought there. You know, Arthur Smith came from Tennessee. That's why I just lean on that one a little bit. But yeah, they're going to make it about. We don't want to make it about the quarterback. We're going to be a full team, and then we're going to deliver some plays from the quarterback through the normal rhythm of our offense that makes sense, and we know he can execute that. And I think that's the kind of football they'll play. Yeah. You know, ultimately down there in Atlanta. All right, Jay. Let's end with this. Yeah, we'll get picks from uh, you and Drew and Chris. Yeah. Brainstorm a pick yeah. here too. Yeah, I got a few that just are in my brain here. Percolating. Players yeah, percolating and, and, and awards bets. Not so Cody the, Mark. Some of the bets. Yeah, Cody Mark is out. But some of the bets that you might make right now because you said that if these odds look good, you've you've probably already laid some money on some of these awards bets. Yeah. So my favorite awards bet at the moment, outside of Mahomes MVP, which is a little obvious, so I won't go too far into that one. But uh, it's Matt Lafleur to win Coach of the Year at mm. twenty to one. Mm. And so the thing with this 
this market is, you're basically you're looking for a team that is going to improve by around four wins that doesn't have a superstar quarterback to steal credit from you. That's what screwed LaFleur twice with Rodgers because people didn't know, well, is it LaFleur or is it Rodgers? Exactly. We don't really know, so right. let's give it to Brady. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that that is now gone, where if the Packers are good in a bad division, right. he is going to get the credit. Agreed. Because Jordan Love, and here's the thing too with LaFleur, because they've got a really easy start to the season. The other thing I really like is they play in primetime five different times. So if they're good, he's going to get attention. And then lastly, you only need one thing to go right here, and that's Jordan Love to be decent, which he may not be decent, but he also could be. He's the biggest wild card in the NFL this season. And so I think that you throw all that together... Tim's still got a lot of talent on that roster, which didn't yeah. live up to expectations uh, last year, but the year prior was a one seed. So I think that with LaFleur, there's a lot there, and at 20-1, to 1, uh, I think that he is a decent bet for Coach of it's the so, Year. It's yeah. so funny. You talk yeah. about you know having a seismology degree, but Jay, it almost feels like you've you got to kind of have a psychology degree in some of this because yeah. it is the oh, narratives yeah. that, that feed feed into this. Um, Drew, so, so what, what players are you looking at? Where's some good value out there in these awards markets right now? Well, I love the Matt LaFleur call by Jay. Yeah, it's a good um, one. I think, have I think he should probably be favorite of this market. Maybe co-favorite with Sean Payton. Because mm. if Sean Payton takes the... You know, if Sean Payton... I, I don't know that the Broncos are good enough to really threaten the NFC, AFC playoff picture in a very crowded AFC. But uh, but LaFleur, I think, should be the favorite there. And the fact that you can get him in the 20-1 to range seems criminal. Um, so that's a great bet. Um, defensive player of the year market is one that I've been trying to break down this last week. Um, and Jay's kind of point about Jalen, uh, you know, Jalen Phillips is outstanding. Um, his pressure rate would imply that he's going to get into double digit sacks this year. Um, but I don't know that I see enough talent there to consider him, you know, you almost, if you, if you, to win the defensive player of the year award, in my opinion, my rubric for that is you literally need to be considered the best defensive player in the NFL, period, on a talent standpoint and have some statistical profile to support that, right? Like that's kind of what needs to go together there. Uh, and the guy that I think has a foot in the door just because he got a first place vote last year, uh, he's in the New York market. Uh, and I think he's going to play for one of the best defenses in football this year is Quinton Williams uh, from the New York Jets. Mm. Uh, he had a pretty amazing leap last year right um you know he's, he's a younger player so it's not crazy to see uh you know year over year improvement by that but uh by my player rating Quinton williams made the most significant step forward uh last year from the previous season uh and now he's anchored on a defense with robert sala who's under a little bit of pressure to perform uh and you know to the degree that you have wave after wave of pass rushers to put around him and he can continue to uh you know put together this this type of um performance i think you're going to hear a lot of comparisons to him as sort of the you know heir apparent to Aaron Donald as uh, you know this amazing interior pressure player and uh, right age right kind of trajectory in terms of player improvement and uh, you can get uh, uh, twenty five to one on him uh, as as somebody who kind of surprised me last year getting the consideration that he did even though he didn't play a full slate of games so um, I I'm not necessarily a believer that the Jets are going to do anything special um, but I do think that the talent on the defensive side of the football for them is pretty undeniable uh and for those reasons i think uh he could be a guy that steals it in that 25 to 1 range so drew the fact that they also have sauce gardner on that oh, list yeah. there and on that team like does that ever dissuade you from mm. those picks like that because it almost seems like sometimes they cancel each other out yeah that, my opinions on sauce gardner are pretty well developed at this point he's the best he's the best cover corner in the game 
even in year two, which is unbelievable to say out loud, but there's almost no way to deny that when you look at the uh, you know player level data from last year. Everyone's going to watch that tape in preparation for playing the Jets this season and throw away from him this year, mm. right? So the degree to where he his impact on the field is literally quarterbacks are standing longer in the pocket. They're trying to find other ways around the field to throw the football away from Sauce Gardner. I think ultimately Quinn and Williams will probably benefit from that more so than a guy like Gardner will get credit for being That's as good as he is. That's sort of, and honestly to win the award uh, from the cornerback position as Jake can probably tell you it's extremely difficult. <laughs> it's so hard. Impressed that Sox Gardner won defensive rookie of the year last year and he deserved it, but uh you just the counting stats are just so hard to come by at that position, and particularly once everybody knows you're as good as you are and they throw away from you. Yeah, think, that's right. They don't want to mess with you, right? St- <laughs> Stephon Gilmore, I think, had six picks when he won. One, uh, right. But that was on the best defense in the league. Uh Darrell Revis never won. Right. I think Sauce had two picks last year and teams right. just didn't throw at him. Like he's gonna need six, seven picks. Yeah. I'm not sure teams are gonna yeah. throw at him. Well, I know that's it's one of the dumbest things people talk about sometimes i hear people say about Darrell revis and they're like well he was only targeted this many times and it was like yeah because we were all watching films going let's not throw the ball at that guy i mean it wasn't like we were like oh man we just happened not to throw at Darrell revis today i don't know what we were thinking we were all thinking we were shit scared and we said nah let's go somewhere else and that's what's unfair about it it's like the great coach conversation you said early on like andy reed's got to go 17 and 0 to win it well the the joke is is that a year and a half ago Trayvon Diggs probably would have had a better chance to win Defensive Player of the Year than Sauce Gardner will this year. Sauce Gardner's a much, much better player than Trayvon Diggs, yes. I think. But Diggs but the interceptions. The interceptions. And, then, yeah. but if, and everybody away, erases the 10 80-yard touchdowns he led up where yep. you're like, come on, that counts, you know? Exactly. Um, all right. I, I like I, – hey, Drew, I like where you're at with Quinnen Williams. I think he has officially jumped into the elite defensive line conversation all the way. It's perfect scheme fit. The lights went on last year. You said it right. He can get after the quarterback. He's a f- the play up guy, which is you know going to be in the backfield messing up a lot of plays and not get stats. Uh, I hear you there. I, I think that's actually a, a good thought by both of you with Lafleur and Quinn Williams. Can I just throw a few out that I like? Yeah, I know you love it. Mahomes, right? Mm. I'm I'm like, and of course I'm I'm with you. We all love Mahomes. Burrow is one that stands out with me with Mahomes this year. You like Burrow? I just feel like. There's as long as we don't have the gallbladder removal and training camp or something like that, like <laughs> the stars are just aligning like for Joe Burrow where they believe I think they're gonna go they're going all in on him throwing the football and it's gonna even go to another level this year. Their O line I think will be better, right? To where I could see him being the MVP, I could see him throwing for 44 touchdowns and you know 10 interceptions, and 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 then being one of the top seeds in the in the AFC. Right? Here's another one I want to throw out, and Drew kind of like hit on this. Right? I'm not nearly the expert you guys are, but I just from football standpoint and and having a feel for the game. Right? He brought up the Broncos. Mm. Right? Russell Wilson to me comeback player of the year would be one if I had a few extra dollars that I'd throw out there. The skills are still there. The skills are there. They're not what they were five years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm more of a believer in Sean Payton and how he'll rebuild the robot into believing in himself again. And he's going to call the right plays and all that. So where I look at Denver, it's like if they get in the playoffs – and Russell Wilson has, oh, whoa, he's back in the Pro Bowl conversation. I feel like he would be in the running for comeback player of the year, even though he's just coming back from 
not being good for so a he, year. He is plus 2,000 <laughs> to win that award right now. Right. Uh, that's, the favorite, though, odds-on favorite is DeMar Hamlin at minus 350. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, that makes sense. That's the question. Where I, I think Russ, like, he would be my pick for that award as well. I might even have him the favorite, but has DeMar Hamlin already won that award? I, I, I know. I know. That's I know. That's where Which I, I don't really know. Right. But, right. Like, I think he might have just already won. I, I hear you. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I, I know. That, that wouldn't scare me too. But yeah. but if you're looking, you know, sure. value bet, and that's what, kind of what I think Drew and what, what you said about Sean Payton, yep. where, like, I don't, I, I'd be little comeback, or I mean, coach of the year, because I don't know. Like he might be the one case where wait, they were five and twelve, yeah. and even though they don't win yeah. the division, if they got in the playoffs, do you think he could be thrown yeah. in that combo? And I think the key thing with coach of the year to the Lafleur Rogers thing is it's coach of the year. You need to be able to identify the coaching aspect, and with Peyton, it's the cleanest identification ever. It's like oh, he fixed Russell Wilson, exactly coach of the year. That's, Bang. that's where another one. Yeah. I don't mind yeah. uh, going off your Falcons point earlier. Is right. Arthur Smith at twenty to one? Yes. Coach of the year. The only thing there is that one, the Falcons, they don't have a single game in prime time, and so it's then like, well, if an eleven and six Falcons season falls over in the forest, does anyone hear it? Yeah. It's like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah. I do think yeah. that they are. They, that he is a chance to win just because the division is so weak. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I, I wrote his name down too. Yeah. I was I was thinking that as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, I, I I like these combos. I learned. Can a you lot. guys come back before the season starts? I would love to. And then I can, like I. I got to give you a pat on the back for the Burrow thing for Cincinnati because I've been struggling with what to do with Cincinnati, honestly. Like, the market is obviously onto them. Right. You know, Jay, as Jay kind of said earlier, like, it's all about price, it's all about relative to the market. And I feel like you look at the pr- way that they're power rated right now, you look at some of the, you know, the, the odds that we're seeing for the early part of the season for these guys, like three and a half point favorites at home against the Ravens. That doesn't feel right. Like, you know, th- there's a little bit of a whiff of the team is overrated because they lost so much on defense. Yeah. If they, if they meet expectation, it's going to be because Burrow continues to take a step that's, forward. That's right. And honestly, right. the defense is going to regress. That means the Burrow's offense gonna throw to, more. Get even better. Right. Right. And right. so, you know, right. and he's already kind of completely captured the imagination of that is his team. And so, yeah, you, you know, if you if you want to take, you could probably take some contrarian takes against the Bengals generally, but, you know, bet the Ravens to win the division, bet, you know, bet them to miss their win total, something like that. And then at the same time, put a little MVP in pocket. And then if they actually do meet expectation, then, you know, then he's really realistically live for that. Award, Dang, that was a couple times where Drew said you had a good point, yeah, a good Drew, gambling Drew, point. Well, yeah. he, we're, we're, hey, Drew likes plants. <laughs> I like plants. We're, we're friends, okay? I mean, come on. It sounds good. Seismology, I don't know about plants. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I know a little something about. Yeah, and speaking of that, Drew needs to get back to his real job. Okay, here. Right. how dare you? It's only earthquakes. So, so what? We will we will do this again for sure. That was a whole lot of fun. A joint Chris Sims unbuttoned and bet the edge. This is oh, hear that. That's the Bet the Edge music. I like their music. We're ending with here. So you can find us on YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC or wherever you find your podcast. Bet the Edge is there as well. YouTube.com slash NBC Sports and wherever you get your podcast there. Drew, Jay, awesome stuff. Great information. Awesome. Win some money out there. Yep. Chris, listen to these guys. Yes. Listen to me about football. Listen to them about betting. You can't lose here at NBC Sports. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, you can lose technically. Well, we want to throw you that can. out there. You can. Yeah. Maybe have fun doing it. So. <laughs> guys, awesome stuff. Great job. We'll do it again here real soon. See you guys. You the man, Drew. Thanks so much. Jay. Chris. Thanks for not Ahmed. confusing me this time around. <laughs> and we're going to make them clap it up. Clap it clap up. It up. Well done, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mofos, you're in our house.